Hi, it's Emmanuel Judish here and welcome to episode number seven. Uh, this is the podcast Leading Your Change initiative and today I want to briefly talk about the idea of developing trust, building trust in your program team, your, in your change team. Now, um, I have uh, I, my, my view and my direct experience into um, you know, my contributions, if you will, through my profession to, to business change. Uh, I worked in a PMO organization, so um, project management organizations as part of delivery teams. Uh, I worked with, in support of in an advisory roles for uh, people in charge of these change initiatives, sponsors, um, executive sponsors, or um, uh, sponsors for HR transformations and digital transformations. Um, what you'll find is that... Um, there is uh, there, are, there are commonalities in terms of the the challenges, the, the practicalities of what what is it that is actually going on on the ground? What is it that the people are involved in introducing the change? What is it that they face? What are the biggest challenges they face on a on a day almost on a daily basis? Right? Where where is it that things work? So, I I've I've had the chance to um, right now I'm working is in a in a consulting capacity as well as a coaching capacity. Um, but my 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 personal background and experience actually looked at, you know, I've been involved in quite a lot of the mechanics of uh, business change. Looked at very directly, you know, a, a billing department. What, what how does it work? Credit risk assessments. What are they? You know, tax departments or HR demand departments. What are the processes? The payroll. There are payroll projects, for example. Right? What's happening? What's the? Why is that important? Right, that, that employees get paid on time. I've seen a procurement department, so I've had a very good insight view of marketing and communication. So I'm going to share a few examples of, you know, my operational, if you will, experience of, uh, of or at least working within this this department, facilitating sessions and workshops within each many, almost all of the departments that you know I can think of an organization should have. Um, so I, as I as I mentioned in the, the episode number one about my personal history and the background in um, you know running and supporting a small businesses coming from a family of small entrepreneurs, you have each of the functions in a small business that are geared towards adding value and usually that's driven by what the customer wants. Organizations are larger in nature, talking about large projects between one fifty million dollars, but the number of functions and departments they're quite limited they're always the same regardless of the industries they might have different names you have legal you have uh, the hr department the communication department and in the smaller companies they will be consolidated because you have fewer people doing multiple things uh, you have an it department is or it department um, so we tax accounting and all of that right so my 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 personal experience actually give me a very good insight into how operationally many or many large organizations work. My, I've, I've worked with um, across different industries from telecom, telecommunication, um, manufacturing, online and offline marketing, um, service-oriented organizations, academic uh, and uh, educational projects uh, academic and educational industries so what i found is that the so my take my, my viewpoint is both operational but then eventually uh, obviously i'm a, I'm a qualified 
uh, of a degree in marketing international management, um, both in, uh, under, uh, I have a, an undergraduate degree in organizational psychology and a master's degree in marketing international management. So I've seen the kind of the conceptual, the strategic view of how businesses work, but also, you know, we can match that to what is actually happening on the ground. You know, what's, um, what's working, what isn't working. And I've also been exposed to a lot of the the ways change is introduced into business. We have um, we have agile methodologies. We have waterfall methodologies, in-house delivery methodologies. So uh, my viewpoint is not just strategic in nature. Um, you know, sometimes in management consulting work, you have um, you have frameworks that you work towards, but you don't necessarily know what's happening out there on the ground. You don't know what are the right interventions to be done, and what is actually going to what is the the intervention that's going to make the most likely the biggest difference. It will solve the problem you did you actually facing right now. So uh, I wanted to kind of share a bit of an, uh, a framework or a frame of mind or my, the perspective that I have on this, right? So what I found is a commonality, going back to, you know, the, the reason and the topic of the podcast, the commonality around wh- where is it that you know, business change fails? Where do, what is it? Where is it that operationally uh, most teams, um, you know, are challenged with? What are the biggest challenges they face? And what I found is when I look at the operation, a lot of the things that the, um, you know, the way, the way I look at measuring success, having worked with a lot of leaders across industries, they look at, you know, number one, they want to deliver this technology on time and on budget. Number two, uh, they want to make sure that the business is on board with it. They're prepared to receive the change. They are trained up and, and they are communicating in a way that you know, reduces the f- perception of risk and in- increases the perception of reinsurance whilst ensuring you're not breaking the business, right? So there is a kind of an element of continuity. You're introducing a change, you're not breaking it. Right? So we need to do a change impact assessment there, for example. And the third element is these leaders, all they want is ensuring that the, 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 the technology solution that has been deployed is fit for purpose. You know, uh, Salesforce.com, it needs to do a specific thing. It needs to develop, it needs, it needs to show specific functionality for a specific target group. Right, it can be a Salesforce. It can be a sales functionality to an HR person. It's it's not matched correctly in that case in time. So um, so these are the this is this is how success is is measured. Now going back to you know where do things fail and this is how we measure if it's actually working or not. But what I found is he, each of these three targets that I've just described usually are not met. Uh, and it's quite it's quite a predictable journey. It's because what's happening operationally daily in the trenches in your project team, in your delivery team, in your project management team, program portfolio teams. You know the the actually uh, the the matching of the strategy, the change strategy with the implementation. That is where things work uh, uh, break. And specifically, I really want to call out the element of trust. Now, um, the my view is that we have. Um, the purpose of a plan, the purpose of planning and the strategy is to give us reassurance that you know we've established a vision, we're going, we're, we're kind of directionally going in the right, in the right, we're proceeding towards the right direction. You know, this is the, uh, this is the system. It's going to give us the vision, strategic vision, organization. Tell us, you know, what technology we need to build into our business to be competitive five years from now. Now, yeah, these programs are changed. Uh, you know, they introduce the technology operationally, 
and and where this is where where things work. Now, once once we have defined um, these elements, then um, the uh, the plans that they created on the back of the vision or strategies have one of the main purposes is to create a sense of assurance, right? A sense of you know we have we have a plan laid out. These five things need to happen in order for us to be able to go live with the system. It's three teams, five things, ten teams, twenty things, whichever number that might be, right? And it's different from technology to technology. Now, but sometimes, as I said before, the three objectives of developing a system that's fit for purpose, doing it on time and on budget, and having your business on board, they don't get met. Right? They don't get met. And I believe that there is a way of anticipating that by observing how operationally you're introducing a change. The project team, your delivery team are doing certain things on a daily basis that either they shouldn't be doing or they're creating an environment that is not conducive for performance. And that's why uh, I want to bring out the idea and the element of trust here, how to develop trust and build trust in your change teams. Trust is one of those things that is an intangible, you can't really see it. Uh, but you can see the result of it. I.e., we're not, we haven't delivered our if system as fit for purpose, and we are six months late. Right? That's where. That's how you see if trust isn't working. Right? Because high-performance teams, they have clarity of 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 deliverable, and they're committing to having each other's back. Right? So this is a. This might sound very kind of romantic. Uh, but I think it's quite true. You can see that in the military all the time. Uh, last week, I did a um, I did a qualification um, uh, as an, an agile practitioner, right? So I wanted to understand the ins and outs of agile and from a practitioner's perspective. And and a lot of my training colleagues were people from the Army, special corp, special forces in the in the army. And what you find is the the level of trust and collaboration within those teams. At least the team we had in the room was unbelievable, right? People people weren't weren't afraid to call out, uh, you know, they weren't afraid to disagree with someone's viewpoints, but the, the and and calling out, you know, specific steps in the present that wouldn't work, and you know, they they actually felt safe. They would have each other's back. They would they would the the environment they operated in, introducing the change, in managing the change, in managing the project was quite safe, and that is where I believe. A lot of these business-oriented, large-scale change change projects fail. The uh, the team leader or the environment that is creating with these change teams is really not conducive for trust. It's very task-oriented. It's very activity-oriented. But people don't trust each other. Hence, they don't have the the capacity, to, the willingness to open up and challenge it. And once you don't trust each other, you hoard information. You hide it from other people. Um, it doesn't matter you have an agile or a waterfall methodology, whichever that might be. If if the, the leader, the person in charge of the project delivery team or the sponsor, whichever the person might be, um, if they haven't developed the, the skills to create a trusting environment, then, then trust isn't there. Then people will keep on hoarding information. The people will keep on feeling that they can't actually challenge someone else's thinking because they are the experts. In change projects, is my opinion, there isn't such a thing as an expert. Every change project is different from the previous one. There's always a possibility that yes, you bring your own tool set, but there's a there's an element of uncertainty and unpredictability. And as a as a member of a change team, even though you've you've been doing that 
activity for years, you must be able and uh, able and open to uh, for for your theory, for your practice to be challenged. You must be able to tailor it and adjust it to make sure that it is fit for the specific situation, fit for purpose, right? Now, that is possible only when there is a trusting environment. And trusting environments, I believe, are set by the leaders. The people that are in charge of an organization, when I say leaders, it could be managers, but people that are in charge of, you know, delivering this change, championing the change. It could be a project sponsor, a program sponsor, a program director, a program manager, a delivery lead. The people that need to translate a strategy into execution, need to be able to have developed the skills to create a sense of safety and a sense of support, a sense of trust within your team. And I think uh, these are these are trainable skills. It's not like, I don't believe that people are, are kind of brought up or trained up to be, um, you know, um, mean or trying to set someone up. It's That's not the process. Sometimes culture and organizations, uh, fear and lack of trust, they actually develop uh, as, as a result of a perception. It's not a per- as a result of reality. Now, once you have a project lead, a project manager, uh, a person who's in charge of a group of people who needs to deliver change, and they are able to c- develop a trusting enough environment, they will deliver the results time and time again. And that's how do you do that? So one of my bigger passions, and I usually work, um, when I work uh, with some of the team leads introducing change or team managers, in charge of specific projects uh, or programs at work, um, we actually develop and a lot of this is a mindset, right? Believing that you know your your an organization is um, you know is there you got to deliver results no matter what. That's not what an organization is after. The organization is after delivering the value that is needed to deliver at a specific moment in time. Sometimes a lot of this mindset, so this is on a one-to-one coaching, obviously, a mindset of, you know, delivering delivering a piece of technology, completing a task to the detriment of, um, you know, people having to work uh, overtime every day. Now, you actually, um, um, you're basically killing the goose that have laid out the, the golden eggs, right? That's to use some um, Stephen Covey's metaphor. Uh, there <clears throat> so mindset is one of these components in order to be able to create trust and it's the responsibility of the leader to create a um and a work environment where people feel uh, that there is no cynicism there right you have as a leader you've you you have the mindset that is quite open to one people having the uh, the right skills because you've assembled the team to get the job done and you are responsible for creating a uh, number two then you're responsible for setting up a vision of what good looks like it could be a system what what does the dashboard need to do for for you right for this business you need to sit down with your testing team what are the four top five functionalities that need to be tested thoroughly and you need to be able to lay it out right so uh, so uh, having that clarity of vision is another another component of it having the right mindset is another component of trading trust um, giving people freedom the ability to go there, try it out. Once you set the vision, don't interfere, don't micromanage. Right? Have regular checkpoint checkpoints on a daily basis. You can use, you know, stand-ups if you're using an agile methodology, and and see how your teams are proceeding towards that vision. 
And fourth is complacency. It's one is 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 an aspect that you know everyone fall into sometime, right? We as teams can get complacency, so there is there has to be an accountability system where you know you will expect once you've defined um, a specific you know valuable outcome, a result. Let's say you want a particular resource to have tested three out of five functionalities by the end of next week, next Friday, then that specific timeline gives them. Uh, a dimension of accountability they need to work towards and they can check back in with you. So these were some of the elements uh, that I believe actually do work and observed unobserved uh, change and project teams working in certain industries. Uh, they, you might have had a kind of more cynical organization, but once you have a, a project lead or program lead or change lead, a leader that uh, is able to create a, a subculture of trust, the... Um, the quality of the deliverable increases exponentially and and people and that person usually gets assigned to run another project right and because they are creating a subculture of performance which is basically fundamentally based on trust the last element uh, alongside the you know the points that are raised with what i believe and i observed it directly you know change team project teams that worked and deliver results versus the ones that you know kind of dragged on and deadlines were missed and everyone were kind of getting at each other um, another element that i believe is absolutely essential is consistency so we called out, you know, the mindset. You called out, you know, an accountability system. We called out being able to call out a vision, explain a vision to what you need your team to deliver, and and ensuring there is a day that they commit to. Right? We call out all of these elements. However, um, there's every single one of these elements to develop trust and to commit to a result and to support your team. Uh, it can't be a one-off. It's a bit like, you know, the old metaphor of the old analogy of brushing your teeth once every three months is going to do the job. It will not, right? You've got to develop a habit of, of developing or, or empowering your team to go and do the work without micromanaging them. Right? You've got to develop a your trust in them. They will get the job done. And trust in them. They will come and ask for help when, in, when needed if, that, if you believe they're that might interfere with their ability to live around time. If they, they feel that, you know, they might not reach the target set, the timeline, they might not finish on time. If if they trust you and there's the element of trust, they will come and talk to you, right? However, these elements will never work unless you as a leader, as a change lead, consistently show that, you know, they will not be punished without a reason. You know? They always, they never get micromanaged because you trust that they have good skills. Project teams, these are people that are highly qualified. They know what to do. Uh, they just need the assurance that, you know, they might not get right, get it right half of the time. Sometime, maybe half of the time is a bit too high as a, as a kind of a proportion. But there is an element of uncertainty. And you trust them that, you know, they will use a positive judgment in, in, in making the right calls in the interest of your business. So consistency is a key element of that. So, um, so I get I went uh, I got quite passionate about this um, episode and went quite it's a quite long long episode, but I believe that um, it is really important to really recognize that some of these intangible aspects that we call today, you know, trust, communications, and leadership. They actually what makes the biggest difference in my experience and opinions and a lot of literature and research that's now available out there. 
into people performing and my my area of kind of expertise of, of passion is about changing change which is basically project that have a start and an end an organization that introduces projects and and it's it's fundamental that they deliver it successfully because the uh, the faith, if you will, the survival or the prosperity of the organization is is impacted by the ability of the same organization to have a strong change capability that introduces change and does it over and over and over again, and it does it successfully. Now, it will not get there. It's not a one-off. It's a consistent effort, and it's sometimes awkward, sometimes difficult, sometimes a challenge, but I think it's definitely possible.